Well, good morning, Greenwich, and welcome to the Tuesday, January 4th edition of the Basement Academy. Uh, trust that you are warm and safe after yesterday's snowfall. Uh, fortunately, we live on the sunny side of the street, so I was able to do a little shoveling yesterday and let the sun uh, take care of the rest. So glad for that. Uh, let's begin with a morning psalm as we continue to lean into this new year. Uh, psalm 124, one of my favorites. Uh, we've offered it many times. Hopefully you're re-engaging uh, the praying of the psalms, continuing on with that work, five psalms a day and one chapter of the Proverbs, and you'll work through all the psalms and all the Proverbs every month. And so let me encourage you to do that. This is one of the pilgrim psalms as they were journeying to Jerusalem. If the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel say, if the Lord had not been on our side when men attacked us, when their anger flared against us, they would have swallowed us alive. The flood would have engulfed us. The torrent would have swept over us. The raging waters would have swept us away. Praise be to the Lord who has not let us be torn by their teeth. We have escaped like a bird out of the fowler's snare. The snare has been broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Amen. No matter what trial you face, remember that the Lord is your help and keeper and strength. Lord, be our help this day. Okay, let's continue with a year in review. Thinking back over 2021, and I want to talk today about politics. <laughs> oh no, politics again. Politics still. Okay, let's dial back the calendar one year ago today, January 4th, 2021. A highly bitter and contentious election was preparing to be certified. Our Constitution requires that the Electoral College do its work and that the halls of Congress, the Senate, that, that the election be certified. And of course, two days hence, on January 6th, we all know that uh, very interesting, fateful day, a rally turns violent a movement of many upon the Capitol itself. There's loss of life, there's violence, there's absolute chaos. Um, wow. So we're coming up in two days to the anniversary of that day. A commission has been under, you know, they've been appointed and doing their work to try to get underneath it what laws were broken. There are people who've been convicted and perhaps more uh, on the way. A constitutional crisis, an insurrection, uh, a, a rally, a mob, violence. Um, what, what was that thing? Okay. And so as we get further and further away that over the years, that day will live as a day of, of, of infamy itself. The foundations of our uh, nation, our democracy, our constitution, our republic, kind of being tested and shaken. And so we live, 
all of 21 unfolded in light of that. Okay, so that's how we began the year, right? Two weeks after that, on January 20th, an inauguration was held. And history was made as the first uh, woman vice president was inaugurated. Uh, president Biden, the, the Biden administration, we're, we're not even yet a year into that administration. And what a year it's been. The pandemic, as we talked some yesterday, the economy, uh, foreign policy, domestic policy issues, foreign policy, be hard not to recall those those harsh images of the exit of U.S. troops from Afghanistan, and we're engaged in some of the work of caring for folks who've who've come here. And that's some of the grace at Greenwich that I'll be sharing uh, later in the week. So we've got that um, uh, that uh, kind of foreign policy issues. Uh, domestic policy, um, there, there's much, you know, so rollbacks, that, and this is typical politics, right? You roll back the previous administration's efforts, you know, often through executive order. So we've, we've seen a lot of that work. Um, uh, domestic policy with regard to the economy, domestic policy with regard to um, justice in our society. And so the Biden administration has made, uh, kind of driven a stake in the ground with respect to diversity, equity, inclusion. And so we saw the school board wars unfolding. And um, what, what I'll be talking about also about the swelling of the cultural tsunami, uh, these emphases around racial justice and reconciliation, reparations and the like. And so there's been that uh, movement uh, that that effort uh, underway, and so the, the the rubric for all of this often is politics, right? And so that's the word that we'll often describe, uh, and it's become somewhat of a negative word, right? Um, to uh, it, you know, things are so political uh, to, to be involved in you know dirty politics. It, it's it's become a negative or pejorative word, but it actually derives from a very simply from the word polis, uh, the Greek word for city. And so the city, that is when people gather together, when humans live together, they must have a polity. There must be ground rules. There must be a way of organizing and ordering our shared life together. This this goes from you know teams and classrooms and and and, and companies um, uh, on the field of play. You know you, you have to have ground rules for how are we going to play this game. Um, a family has to have this. So 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 ground rules, um, spoken, unspoken, written, unwritten. You know, there, there's habits of the heart. We've talked about in the past. You know, people understanding how we do things around here, okay? How we include people in the community, what we exclude, what is forbidden, okay? So we have laws and then we have lawbreakers. And so you have to then figure out a way to adjudicate issues of the breaking of law. Okay, and so all of this 
is the polity. This is, this is how we organize the polis, the city. And so in and of itself, politics is simply the mechanism by which, it's the process by which these things are sorted out. And we have a constitution here in our nation. Our church has a constitution, both our denomination as well as bylaws of Greenwich Presbyterian Church. So there's a, a way we do things around the church. None of this is bad, okay? This is good. We need this. We need order. We need governance. We need government, okay? That's the structure, the architecture by which we then frame out our shared life together. So all of that. But 2021 was a year that uh, saw a transfer, mostly peaceful transfer of power. It, it, it still was, despite the events of January 6th, uh, and I don't mean to diminish that at all. Um, we have a new administration, so all our problems are now solved in this great nation, right? All the problems are solved. Whatever had happened the four years prior, all the problems are, are fixed. Well, obviously not. And, and roll back four years, you know, when President Trump was inaugurated, all the problems that were perceived to be there from the previous administration were solved in the Trump administration, right? No. And whatever the future holds by way of, we'll have the midterm elections this year, later in November. And there's some signaling because of what happened last fall uh, with some elections here, particularly in Virginia. There's some signaling that there's gonna be some bluing to redding that's gonna take place, right? And so, and so this is what we observe, isn't it? Over the years, over the decades, Administrations come and go, elections come and go, uh, uh, princes arise, to use the biblical language, kings arise, to use the biblical language, and then they fall, they, they are deposed. Leaders come and go, but the problems remain. The city remains, how we organize and order ourselves, the challenges remain. All of this is politics. And so, the thing that is perhaps most observed by many these days is the, the state of polarization, the polarizing of our political um, work as a people. Uh, I talked earlier uh, last year about the great sorting that's taking place. You can, uh, demographers are observing that people are moving into um, geographic we're organizing ourselves as a society we're moving in, into communities where I only live around people who agree with me politically political efforts political beliefs political convictions are becoming primary and so it used to be that people wouldn't marry across religious lines now anymore that's pretty common. And, and people wouldn't marry across racial lines, right? But, and, and, and anymore, that's becoming much more common. 
But what is the phenomenon that is happening? People will not marry across political lines. Now, that's just kind of a way that this is the way things are unfolding. So what does that mean, though, that we are sorting ourselves into blue communities and red communities? We don't associate with blue people or red people, depending on what camp we uh, identify with. What, what are the implications for a polarizing uh, society? Well, it's, it's that we, we're developing two different, we're kind of developing parallel uh, universes, right? two lenses through which we look at the same data, two uh, narratives uh, to describe what's happening, uh, two stories uh, are emerging, kind of these parallel alternate universes. And so you can consume and expose yourself only to one side of the story through the, the media, right? And so you can find your newscasters and your broadcast and your bloggers and pundits to tell you the story and reinforce what you believe about our society and about the world and and other folks who believe differently than you are doing the same thing and so we're living in these parallel universes and so we have these kind of uh, two perceptions of reality and yet perception becomes reality right and, and we become convinced and so you know we we used to say we hold these truths to be self-evident but now what truths are we holding. You hold your truth, I hold my truth. And it's not, your truth is not self-evident to me, and my truth is not self-evident to you. And that's, that's kind of the state of affairs. Uh, so, read an interesting essay yesterday, still, I need to reread it, it was pretty, pretty thick, but very textured and mature and thoughtful about this group called Braver Angels, the, the better angels of our nature, to, to uh, quote Abraham Lincoln, and they've changed it from better angels to braver angels. And it's a group that is committed to doing depolarizing work to try to bring people together of deep conviction, blue and red political conviction, and to move them into the same room, to get them into the same room and to do workshops and actually to do debates. But there's some commitments that are made around that, that you will listen to the other side and you will engage with them thoughtfully instead of, you know, throw bombs at them, so to speak. So I'm, I'm going to do some more reading around this and perhaps share, well, I will share that with you. So just thinking theologically about all this, kind of a, a brief theological reflection. I'm observing this, you're observing it. Um, it doesn't appear that things are getting better. Okay, it, it, it appears that things are deepening. The divide is deepening. I think there's some upside to that and some downside. Uh, the upside is that it reveals that we care about our community, right? That, that we, we, we care. And I believe this is because of Genesis chapters one and two. We're made in the image of God. We're created to be fruitful and multiply. We're created to rule, rule over, have dominion over the earth, over the fish and the birds and the animals, etc. And so we're, we're created for such. We're created for governance. We're created for, for stewardship and, and management. We're created to flourish in community. It's not good for Adam to be alone, so God created Eve. And, and so the first city, the first polis was formed. And so there had to be an ordering and we're made for this. And so this is good. And so 
um, were, were, were created for community. But of course, the Genesis 3 reality reminds us that we live east of Eden. Because of sin, there are some realities that we must contend with, and that is human autonomy that turns to tribalism. Uh, you know, I, I will live according to my set of rules, and I will impose my rules upon you, you know, and so there's this, this sinful reality. Um, but we still hunger and thirst for righteousness. We still pray, thy kingdom come. We, we want it to be better than, we, uh, th than it is. And, and so there's a hunger for justice. As I observe that, you know, the diversity, equity, inclusion, there's something good about that. A desiring for all people made in the image of God to have a fair shake and a fair share. And so I think that's good. I think that reflects these biblical realities that we find uh, in, in Genesis. And so I find confirmation of the scriptures in the political world that I observe. And the polarization is just confirmation of our sinful nature. Not to be, in, I, by that I don't mean that to be involved politically or to care politically that you're a sinner because of that. It's that the tribes that form around this are reflective of spiritual realities uh, that, that our scriptures bear witness to. The downside of this, the downside th that we observe in our political world is that we're not going to be able to eliminate sin, so we're not going to be able to have it the way we want it. The, the, the fight and the contest and the challenge and the, the divisions will always be a part of the human family. It's just a reality. We can't legislate sin out of, out of being. Uh, and so sin is always in the equation. A house divided against itself cannot stand. And so, you know, the, the downside is this thing may get worse and worse. And we've had one civil war, and there are those who are concerned that there may be a, a, another one ahead. <clears throat> a downside is you can't pursue the kingdom without the king. And I think that's some of what happens in our secularizing society because we do have this Christian foundation. We have this biblical vision, a city set on a hill, that there is this sense that America is the place where all people can be free. All people, no matter your origin, your race, etc., all are created equal. And so there's a vision of the kingdom, but it's without the king increasingly. Uh, matters of faith are being pushed to the margins and seen almost as part of the problem. And, and so um, we're going to be left with a Tower of Babel project. You know, humans trying to make a name for themselves, trying to build uh, something, a society apart from, you know, to build the kingdom without the king, uh, without, without Jesus Christ. And, and eventually it, it risks running into Babylon you know, or Egypt or Rome, kind of those, those biblical cities that, that are really um, the paradigm, uh, uh, you know, kind of the pattern for oppression. Ultimately, Rome, Babylon, Egypt are the oppressors. And so we run the risk of that. Um, the church is implicated in all this. Uh, there's a lot of finger pointing at conservatives and evangelicals for all the problems they're bringing. But friends, the progressive side of the church is just as bad. Uh, and, and so it, it, it is just as political. It's just that the progressive kind of have the upper hand. Uh, and, and so they don't recognize 
the the manner in which they're kind of tilting the playing field. This essay that I was reading last night was talking about that, that it's progressives that are often trying to do the work of, of trying to depolarize, but the manner in which they do that is baked in. They've, they've got some baked in progressive assumptions and, the, and they won't let the debate you know, take place. And so that, that's, it was a fascinating uh, concept. So, so for me, just maybe to kind of wrap up the reflection for now, I think we should quit fooling ourselves that politics is the answer. And some of us get sucked into thinking that way, okay? You know, I know some of who's listening to the Basement Academy, I don't know all, uh, a lot of you do, do stay in touch with me. But, but let's just, across the board, whoever you are, don't fool yourselves. Politics are not the answer. Okay, we, we need it. So again, I, I don't read anything that I'm, I don't hear anything I'm saying today as saying this is bad. Politics is good. We need a polity. This, this we as, as Christians have every opportunity, every right, every reason to engage, but do not think that politics brings about the kingdom of God. And, and while issues of religious liberty are very important and those are in front of us, okay, you know, there's a lot going on. The Supreme Court's going to render this year on some pretty deep and, and divisive issues, particularly the Roe v. Wade. That's going to probably come under, uh, it is uh, under, under some judicial scrutiny uh, in some ways. That, that's going to make things messy. God's plan is not to form a perfect union on earth through the, through the secular government. God's plan is that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God would be made known. Ephesians chapter 3, we're going to talk about this coming Sunday uh, in our Sunday sermon. God's plan is to build a church where Jew and Gentile, historic divisions, the longest divisions that, that exist, are overcome as Jesus makes peace through his blood on the cross and he makes a new society. And so he's forming a new nation, a holy nation, a nation set apart that doesn't grasp after power because the king did not grasp after power. Philippians chapter two, he did not consider equality with, thing, equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself. And so that hymn of praise to Jesus Christ who took the form of a servant and gave himself over to death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God has exalted him. And so the, 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 the pattern of the kingdom is not power and not dominance and domination and forcing people, but it is love. It is humility. It is witness. It is persuasion, not coercion. And so God has called us to be a holy nation. And I've talked about this. Well, that means we're going to live as exiles. We are, we're going to live as exiles, whether it's here in this, this nation or other nations. Christians ultimately find no lasting city here. This is not our home. And so what we do is we seek the peace of the city. Jeremiah 29, if you go back last year, we, we talked about that. Maybe I'll renew that, that study. We have to keep reminding ourselves we must live as exiles this is not our home, but God calls us to seek the peace of the city to which we've been carried into exile. And so go read Jeremiah chapter 29. Pray for that city. If it prospers, you will prosper. So we want the best for our 
local communities. We want the best for our state. We want the best for our nation. We want the best for our world. But we have to understand that it's going to be messy. It will always be messy. Politics is never going to be the answer. Legislation and lobbying and fundraising and elections are never going to be the ultimate answer. They're penultimate at best. They're approximations. You know, things can be better and worse. And so we seek the the peace of the city and, and we seek to do that well at Greenwich trying to encourage robust thinking, this kind of thinking like right now. But as we look back on 21, the election of 2020 didn't solve things, did it? And the elections of 22 will not solve things. And the new governor to be inaugurated, elected in 21 here in Virginia will not solve things. So we as Christians will will be people of faith and hope and love and we'll seek to love God well and we're gonna seek to love our neighbor well And we will content ourselves with saying our prayers, uh, asking for forgiveness, and then waking up again a new day and doing our best to love. And so let's close there. Uh, And and, uh, I I read the prayer at the end of uh, yesterday's message, Uh, was contacted by a couple folks. So uh, we posted that uh, on the website, the, the prayer at the end and beginning of a new year. And so let's close now. Father, hear our prayer for our own homes, our own cities, our own nation, and help us to live wisely and well, to be people who love God and love neighbor as we give ourselves afresh to be the followers of Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray, and who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May the God of grace and truth as incarnated in Jesus Christ, may that God through Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit watch over you, keep you, bless you today and forevermore.